Welcome to the lab. What's going on, all you brainiacs out there? And welcome back to yet another episode of the Fantasy Football Laboratory. I am your host, the King of Trade, Shane Palma, joined as always by Spitfire Lucas Parrish. What's going on, guys? And the chemist, Jack McGrath, is not here again. 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 And you know why he's not here this time? It's because he's in Disney. I made the biggest deal when I went to Disney. He didn't say a word until we asked yesterday what time works for everyone to do it today. And Jack says, oh, I'm working from 10 to 4 and I'm in Disney. Yeah, i that bombshell. I'm like, you're working from 10 to 4 and you're in Disney? First off, sounds terrible that he has to work while he's in Disney. Why didn't he take off? But like, that's just, that's rough. That's, uh, I feel for the man. I do. But he's not here. We didn't know he was going to be in Disney until yesterday. Um, you know, Jack McGrath, he's, his nickname is not the communicator for a reason. It's the chemist. It's, uh, yeah, but, but no, you know what? We don't need him. We're, we're better talking without all of his Miles Sanders garbage that he spews out of his mouth. So we're not talking about, actually, we are going to be talking about the Eagles today and we probably will talk about Miles Sanders. So it's going to be interesting without him here. Oh, let's Uh, go. But there, there is so much because, because players are reporting to training camp or some players are not reporting to training camp. So definitely a ton that I want to go over that that is definitely fantasy relevant because now's the time where people are starting to think about their fantasy football drafts. Let's get the guys together. What day works for you? What draft day works for you? Yeah. Uh, so definitely fantasy football is, is starting to be on the minds of a lot of people. So thank you for tuning into the Fantasy Football Laboratory. We are here to help you win your fantasy championship this year. And we're going to do that by first talking about the New York Jets. Nothing better than talking about the New York Jets. Zach Wilson remains to be the only unsigned first-round rookie right now. Wow. And the Jets don't have a quarterback on their roster that has ever played a snap in the NFL. Even, I mean, even with him, it would be the same situation. Yeah, it'd be the same thing. But, but like, you'd rather have that be Zach Wilson, who's never played a snap in the NFL, than, you know, like, James, James Morgan. Morgan. Yep. <laughs> so, James Morgan was, like great his junior year but then last year senior year, he was like that so, and, you know, and, and he doesn't have the skills to be an NFL quarterback so I uh yeah that's rough Shane any any insight as to why this deal is taking so long to come together yeah actually so one of the situations one of the things the Jets are known for is this uh offset clause in quarterback contracts which Long story short, if the player gets cut, the Jets would only pay a certain amount of the salary while the the team that picks them up, if they were to cut them, has to pay another amount. Uh, so it's literally about saving $1 million in the contract for Zach Wilson. That's keeping him out of camp right now and keeping these discussions at a standstill. And the last report that I actually just saw before we got on air is that there is still this standstill and Zach Wilson is not budging on his side. And this is- As actually, he shouldn't. As he shouldn't. That's a shouldn't. weird and terrible thing. Like he's he's the, their second overall pick. All of the leverage is in Zach Wilson's hands. He can do whatever he wants and the Jets should be like, okay, you know, like to a reasonable degree. Like obviously he can't ask to be the highest paid quarterback. But like oh. this small thing, absolutely. He has all the leverage and the longer that he waits, the 
hire the champ. I mean, it's, it's bad for him too, in the sense of like, if he doesn't start, you know, actually training, practicing all that stuff, you know, he's going to struggle really early in his NFL career, which could start a downward spiral that you don't want to see for him. But it's even worse for the Jets organization because they need him there to get ready to be a productive player for their team. Funny enough, this situation is identical to what happened with Sam Darnold. When I remember he that. Was drafted by the Jets. Yep. The difference is that year they had Josh McCown and Sam Darnold wasn't set on being the week one starter. So there wasn't too much, you know, chaos around the team in, in terms of what the starting offense was going to look like. But now, I, I mean, it's it's ridiculous that that we've gotten to this point. Trey Lance was also signed today uh, at the time of recording this. So there was still issues with their contract with San Francisco, but they got that all worked out. Uh, so he wasn't alone in wanting different things in his contract. But still, Zach Wilson not being at the helm, not something that you want to see. But there are also different things going on with the Jets offense at training camp right now with players that have reported both again with rookies uh one of the bigger ones michael carter is starting with the first team as of right now in practice first day out of the gate michael carter is the one seeing the first reps as the starting running back i mean that's exactly what you want to hear you don't want to see tevin coleman in that role you don't want to see ty johnson in that role you're drafting michael carter right now i'm still seeing him go with the drafts that i've done seventh round eighth round your RB3, in some cases, your RB4. If he's the starting running back and you're getting him in the seventh or eighth round, uh, I mean, it doesn't, it, it does not matter how productive he is. If he's getting at least, you know, 10 to 15 touches a game, you're, and you're getting that in the seventh or eighth round, like you take that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're, you're, especially with the other running backs in that range, one of them being Zach Moss, who we're actually going to also talk about a little bit later on here. Yeah. Uh, but Michael Carter, seeing those first team reps, I'm 100% taking a chance on him as my RB3 if if I need that position when I'm yeah. for draft. Uh, yeah. There's no question about that. Another thing I want to hit on with the Jets, Elijah Moore is currently running with the Jets' second team, not the Jets' first team. Everyone thinks that Elijah Moore, next great wide receiver to come out of Ole Miss, myself included, uh, drafting him as a high upside wide receiver five right now in a lot of drafts, which I currently like. I think that's great value for him, uh, especially when you have a guy like T.Y. Hilton going above Elijah Moore, uh, which makes absolutely no sense. I made a whole video on that. T.Y. Hilton. Neither of them have a floor. At least Moore has a ceiling. Like, yeah, I'm not saying Hilton, it's a. T.Y. Hilton has virtually no upside. Yeah, not not really. I don't I mean, like with Elijah Moore, you know, when it comes to that, how likely is it that he hits the ceiling? Probably not very likely, but like at least it exists. You know, I think I think there's a chance that he can hit not not hit his all, you know, overall ceiling this season. But he can reach a certain plateau this year that you'd still get a value at him drafting him as the overall wide receiver 62. I think it's possible, but I would, I, there are probably other guys I'd still rather have than him at that spot. Um, but no, I mean, I like Elijah Moore. I think he's a very talented receiver. So absolutely. He could come in and, and be productive from day one. Yeah. I'm excited to see what the jets do with that. Hopefully, you know, running with the second team is just getting his feet wet right now and we'll see what he does in the preseason. And, you know, we'll keep this on the low. Him running with the second team could also help his value uh, in the eyes of people that believe in him rather than hurt his value because you'll still get him at a great discount. It's not like he's running with the first team right away and he's going to shoot up the draft board 11th, 12th round. You're still getting him in the 14th, 15th round, and you're going to take that 100% every single day of the week. 
Let's move on from the Jets now and talk about the Eagles for a second. I alluded to it earlier. We're going to talk about the Eagles. Report came out two hours ago that Jalen Hurts right now, quotes, right now is working as the Eagles QB1. Head coach Nick Sirianni said that Jalen Hurts is working his butt off in practice and deserves to be the team starter for the moment. There is no guarantee that Jalen Hurts is starting week one and Sirianni emphasized that the team is still willing to do a quarterback competition throughout training camp and throughout the preseason, meaning by week one, there's a chance that Jalen Hurts is on the bench in place of Joe Flacco. He won't be. He won't be. He's too good for that. Joe Flacco's way past his prime at this point and not, not good anymore. I, I mean, I, I, sure, there might be a quarterback competition. I understand a coach wanting to do that, you know, just to make your team overall better, make them play better. Jalen Hurts will blow Joe Flacco out of the water in a quarterback competition, no doubt in my mind. Are you not at all just no. a little bit? No, I don't, I don't care. He, he's welcome I to come out be. and say that it's a quarterback competition. He's welcome to come out and say that, but Jalen Hurts is going to win. Like, sure, is that going to hurt his draft stock right now because there's a, a even a slimmer chance, a slim chance that he won't be the starting quarterback? Sure, should it? Sure, but I'm still very confident that he's going to come out on top. But I, I, I really don't think the Eagles believe in him. Like, there's way too much against him in this. And, and one yeah. of the bigger reports that we've seen, obviously, Deshaun Watson is throwing today. Uh, as we're speaking right now, he's he's at Texans training camp. He's throwing. There's a chance that he goes to Philly. And if yeah. he goes to Philly and Jalen Hurts goes to Houston, Jalen Hurts is out of my top 15 for quarterbacks. Like, sure, there'll be upside. Who's he throwing to besides Brandon Cooks? What, you know, he'll be playing from behind. But even then, I, I there, there's too many factors against him. I, I mean, I he'll, be, rather... he'll be probably a high upside QB2, especially with sure. that rushing upside. He sure. always is going to have upside no matter what team he's on with that rushing upside. But yeah, I mean, that would be, that would be, obviously that would hurt his stock quite a bit. Um, that being said, it's not like he's getting put into like an extremely worse situation in Houston. Look at his receivers now, right? He's got Devonta Smith there, who's like obviously way better than any receiver that, I, I don't even know if you can say that he's better than Brandon Cooks because I, I know would... Can't say that right this second. Exactly. Brandon Cooks has had but, how many thousand yard receiving seasons? Yeah, you can't you can't say that. Brandon Cooks definitely on the on the way down, you know. But that I, I don't know how different of a situation it really is. Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are better pass catchers than anyone else the Texans would have right now. That's I I'd agree with that with an asterisk for Brandon Cooks. I think Brandon Cooks is still around besides, the same no, tier, besides but, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, like, I'd, once, I'd agree with that. Once you break off from Brandon Cooks and the Smith conversation, looking at the next best pass catchers, it's Ertz and Goddard by a mile than anyone that's on the Texans. Yeah. I mean, they also have that rookie, what, Nico Collins? Nico Collins out of he's, Michigan, who's fine, but uh, he's a rookie. another rookie that was drafted not even close to the same draft. Yeah. Do they still have Kiki Cootie and – and um, um, Not Chad Hansen, unfortunately. Nah, dang it. And they don't have uh, Randall Cobb anymore. They don't. We're going to talk you, you uh, on the toe. Uh, we, got, the whole, we got a whole Packers dedicated section today. Oh, that doesn't shock um, me. But yeah, yeah no, that's uh, I mean, it, it concerns me more. Jalen Hurts drops in my rankings, but upside is still there. I still like Jalen Hurts at that point. Here's the thing, though, where Jalen Hurts is being drafted, at least in Yahoo and in Sleeper and ESPN and the mock drafts that I've done or in the real drafts that I've done, he's still going in round seven. So he is going behind, you know, a Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. And behind, obviously, the big names with Lamar and Kyler and all those guys. But he's going before 
Ryan Tannehill still. He's yeah. going before Matthew Stafford still. He's going before Tom Brady still. And at this moment in time, I'd rather all three of those guys over Jalen Hurts. I I would rather I'd rather some of them over Jalen Hurts. I know now. you don't want. I'm guessing you don't want Brady. No, not over Hurts. But if he goes to the Texans, I do want Brady over Hurts. But would you rather take Brady two rounds later? Yes, yes, exactly. I would. And that's the situation: is Brady's going in round. Well, I I'd love to take Hurts in seven and Brady in nine. Like I think that'd be a really good way to to have your quarterback. But wouldn't you rather take Zach Moss in round seven? Yeah, I would. I'd rather take. I I typically do that. Like I typically go or no, I typically go Stafford in seven, Moss in eight. Well, what if I told you? that Brandon Bean made it sound like the Bills backfield is headed for another year of the hot hand approach between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary with Matt Breida now in the mix for touches. He can, he can say what he wants. I still believe in Moss. Moss is way better than single. Again, it's like with Hertz. I'm not concerned because the better player is going to emerge. And Zach Moss is the better player with a lot. I don't care what Brandon Bean says out loud. Actions speak louder than words. And the action of not trusting Devin Singletary at any moment throughout his career with the Bills, aside from, you know, a little bit rookie season where he proved that he really wasn't all that great. Aside from, from all that, I, Zach Moss is going to emerge as the 1A. It's gonna, I'm not saying it's not going to be a committee. It, it will be a committee, but Zach Moss is going to be the 1A in that backfield. He's going to get enough touches, especially red zone looks, to be a low-end RB2. You have, to, I mean, I mean, that's the hope, right? Because yeah. right now he's starting camp as a limited participant. Uh, he missed off-season practices entirely. Uh, the ankle injury that he had surgery on in January, uh, still recovering from that. They're saying that he should be good to go week one. There's chances that down the line he could make an appearance in a preseason game. But you have to think about it. They, if they do go with the hot hand or if they do with, go with the committee, right? But how many touches will he have to see to be a reliable starter in fantasy? Because as much as we want to say that he's better than Singletary, even if Singletary takes 10 touches away from him, that's probably five more than he really should. And Josh Allen is still a threat to run the ball in the end zone. Yeah, sure. So I, I would cautiously and optimistically draft Zach Moss as my RB three slash four. But if I'm hearing stuff over the next few weeks that Devin Singletary is running with the first team or the bills are giving more looks in the red zone to Devin Singletary or Josh Allen or Josh Allen could be a dominant runner this season. Any Josh Allen is a dominant runner. We know that or more of a presence as a dominant runner that the bills want to use more of a presence than already. I have a feeling they're going to use him less as a runner than they did two years ago when he couldn't throw the ball. Now he can throw the ball. Why would they want to risk their quarterback getting hurt more now than two years ago when he couldn't throw the ball well enough to, to move the ball down the field consistently? All I'm going to say is that if either, if it seems like for Zach Moss, it'll be difficult for him to establish significant fantasy value right out of the gate. I would lean Michael Carter if I saw both of them at the board in round seven or round eight. I can understand it. If Michael Carter is going to be the RB one on that team, he too will be a low end RB one in my rankings. In fact, he will probably be probably two spots below Moss. Cause I'll probably put him one spot below Miles Sanders. I'll probably have to go Miles Sanders above him still, but, um, but yeah, I can understand that in that case, if, if this is going to continue to happen with Carter. 
I know we we talked about the Eagles already, and I just wanted to hit on Zach Moss because you had mentioned his name. But go, you said Miles Sanders. Yep. We got to see something here for a second. Again, value all over all over the place, all over the place. Fifth round, fourth round, third round. And ne- you never know where he's going to go in your draft. It literally depends on how your league mates view Miles Sanders and his situation going into next season. Hypothetical, because I love doing hypotheticals. If Joe Flacco were to be the starter week one for the Philadelphia Eagles, how much does that impact your your stock or, or how you view Sanders? Because I feel like you could literally yeah. take it Either way, you could say this helps him because you don't have to worry about the rushing ability and the rushing presence that Jalen Hurts has in that offense. Or you could say that hurts him because Joe Flacco starting would probably hurt a lot of players in a team's offense at this stage in his career. And we saw what hurts. They'd did be able to stack the value. box more. Right. They'd be and there'd be less, you know, when you have a running quarterback, sure, they might take rushing attempts away, but they will open up a lot more because you have to watch. You know, when, when a running back, you talk about stacking the box, typically they're not really going to do a lot of, um, you know, I mean, they'll bounce outside sometimes, right, and do like sweeps and stuff around the outside, but but they're not making it nearly as far outside as the, the quarterback does when he's scrambling and then, you know, all that stuff. So definitely, I, I, I don't know if I'd say it hurts or helps him. I'd probably keep him exactly where it is because you're right. You can make the case either direction. He'll get more red zone touches. There, he will probably score more touchdowns with Joe Flacco than with Jalen Hurts. But, even but he's then, also it's not a long-term thing. Like, he, no. like Joe Flacco would not be the starter for more than three weeks, if I were to guess. Like, yeah. Jalen Hurts, because I don't think the Eagles win with Joe Flacco. Like, the Eagles no. do not win with Joe Flacco. No, they won't. Unless that's they won't what they're going for. And that's also part of the reason why Jalen Hurts is going to be the week one starter. Because you're an idiot if you think you can win with Joe Flacco if you're the Eagles. Like, really, really dumb. After watching him with the Ravens the last couple of years, with the Broncos last year, like, or two oh, years ago. No, with the Jets last year. Jets last year, and he was still bad. Broncos two years ago. Like, I mean, if you if you think that Joe Flacco is going to play winning football for your team, unless you have the greatest defense and the greatest offense around him, then you're wrong. And the Eagles are far from the greatest defense and greatest offense. I just want to put this out there because I did just get this breaking tweet from Adam Schefter as we're recording this. And we already did talk about the Jets. Uh, but with Zach Wilson unsigned and the team still in need of a veteran quarterback, the Jets are scheduled to work out quarterbacks Josh Johnson and Sean Mannion on Thursday. Great to see where their priorities are. It's not with getting their franchise quarterback assigned contract, but bringing in veterans to take over. Fantastic. Yep. That's horrible. Yeah, not fun. I don't want to talk about the Jets anymore. Let's talk no about more. the Washington football team. Uh, and what's going on with their offense. Nothing new in terms of Ryan Fitzpatrick or Taylor Heineke, but still something that we're going to watch over the next few weeks. What develops with that? Hopefully Ryan Fitzpatrick takes that job. That's what everyone wants. But Curtis Samuel was placed on the pup list yesterday. He began sitting out practice in June after feeling a twinge in his groin area. The length of the injury is a bit concerning, but players brought off the active pup list anytime can receive medical clearance. So there is time for him to heal. However, the injury, like I said, it could put him at a little, little bit more risk to um, re-injure that at some point during the season or re-aggravate it if he does start to practice. Curtis Samuel going off the board right now as many teams wide receivers for, as many teams wide receiver four. Are you still comfortable drafting him as a wide receiver? Yeah. yeah. Would you be more comfortable drafting him with a wide receiver four if you knew Fitzpatrick was a starter over Heineke? Probably. Or does that not matter to you? 
if Heineke beats Fitzpatrick out, I mean, Heineke's not bad. We saw what he did last year in that playoff game. Like Heineke really, really shows some solid stuff. Would Fitzpatrick be better for receivers because he will probably throw the ball more, throw it deeper, more and better. Yes. Heineke, you know, can run a little bit more than Fitzpatrick can. Um, but at the end of the day, if Heineke beats Fitzpatrick, I, I truly believe there's a reason for it, you know, so I don't, I don't think he will, but if he does, you know, more power to him and it might hurt the Washington football team receivers. I don't think, I don't think at that point you could have three sustainable receivers. That's for sure. Someone's taken a hit between Samuel McLaurin and Thomas. And if I were to guess, I'd say it's Samuel. Um, but I'd still probably feel comfortable taking him in a wide receiver four spot. I have a, I have a really good question for, for you, because this is a question that I'm always asked on, on TikTok that people in the comments don't know what to do. Would you rather at this moment in time draft Curtis Samuel or Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas. That's tough. I know. Well, this is the questions that we're going to have to answer. Michael Thomas might not play. Well, he won't play the first month and a half. No, no, no. But he might not play. Well, that's worst 16 games worst scenario. I know. I know. I'd still go Michael Thomas because I'm, I don't care if I, if I'm looking at Michael Thomas and Curtis Samuel at that point, I'm drafting as for a wide receiver four spot, right? I'd rather take the guy who, when he comes back in half a season, I've got another wide receiver one than the guy who all season's going to be, you know, at best a wide receiver two, probably low end. I don't even know if he could reach that ceiling with everything going on, especially if Heineke's the quarterback. I definitely go Thomas, you know, I take the risk there. I had a wider Where have you moved Michael Thomas in your rankings? What guys do you have above him and below him? Because right now I currently have him as my wide receiver 31 yeah. uh, or 32. Uh, he's above guys like DJ Chark, Darnell yeah. Mooney, okay. uh, LaVisca Chenault, Jerry Judy, but I have Brandon Ayuk, Antonio Brown, Jamar Chase, Tyler Lockett above him. I've got him at 34. So he's above guys like Chase Claypool, Devonta Smith, Brandon Cooks in my rankings, but below guys like DJ Moore, Russell Gage, DJ Chark, and OBJ. Okay. So similar to, I mean, obviously we have fluctuating opinions on like Chark and, and some guys, but, but right around that same range. Yeah. I mean, what the value that I got in him, cause I have another draft coming up this weekend uh, the final one for the fantasy football laboratory listener follower league. I actually have, I think it's the, the ninth pick. So again, literally three straight drafts, either 10 or nine, uh, probably going to go with the same strategy that I've had the past few times. But the fact that Michael Thomas lasted all the way to round 10 with me in the last draft is still crazy to me because I feel like there's still like a ton of upside where like how many other, and we talked about this that day, how many other players are you drafting round 10 that have even close to the same upside as Michael Thomas? And the answer is none. Unless it's Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, none. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see. The news has been out for almost two weeks now. By the time I'll be drafting, where Michael Thomas goes, if people have are still overreacting to the news or if people have settled into taking him, I think eighth round is going to be the spot where you see Michael Thomas go in a lot of leagues. I think that makes the most sense. Uh, for him to go in the eighth round because that's kind of around the same Curtis Samuel range that I just asked you with those wide receivers yeah, uh, and not like the next tier where it's going to be, you know, Mike Williams and Debo Samuel Jarvis Landry type tier. I think he's still a tier above that. 
Uh, but definitely going to be interesting to see where he lands in people's drafts. Arizona Cardinals, Chase Edmonds, ready to start. Yeah, he is. Apparently, he's both trimmed down. And, and bulked up. And bulked up. Yep. Um, I saw that. I was like, trimmed down and bulked up. Like, I, I know you're saying you've lost fat and gained muscle. But horrible way of saying it. Like, really not a good way of saying it. But I get it. I've started to come around to Edmund at the moment just because of his value, right? Yeah. Like, I, I keep seeing him going round seven, like, in that Michael Carter, Zach Moss range. And yeah. every time I see – I jump. I jump on that because yeah. I know the, the – it's it gets, it gets tough at that point. Like, where do you want – Edmonds, right? I've got Edmonds at RB24 right now, which is one spot above Kareem Hunt, one spot below Josh Jacobs, I, two I have below Miles 24. Sanders, I have two below Miles Sanders, and three below Zach Moss. That being said, I think there's a decent chance that I move Chase Edmonds above Zach Moss and move him to my RB21. You know, that's, I think, the, the ceiling. I'm not putting him above Mike Davis, uh, who's my RB20, but I think I could see him as high as RB21 in my rankings. Um, yeah, I mean, right now I have I have Edmonds one spot above Josh Jacobs, uh, yeah. two spots above Darrell Henderson because I still am not a fan of that situation. No matter what Sean McVay says right now, uh, I've got him four spots above Zach Moss, and then I've got him one spot behind Kareem Hunt, and three spots behind Travis Etienne. And that's a situation where I could see myself moving those guys very close to each other because I think they're in extremely similar situations. Taking yep. the quarterback out of the equation, you have the Scat back, you know, pass catcher could line up at wide receiver, might not see a ton of goal line work, you know, in the same sense of James Conner and James Robinson both being there to anchor it out as what could be the one B in those offenses. And in the seventh round, I'm taking Chase Edmonds if, yeah. if I need an RB3. Chase Edmonds yeah. as my RB3, uh, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I think he's about as safe as it gets in that round in the sense of, you know, he's going to get the majority of touches in that offense. And but and you also know that that offense is going to be productive and he will have some production off of that. Right. Because Michael Carter, he may get more touches, but are they going to be better touches? Right. right. Zach Moss, I don't think will really get more touches, you know, than Chase Edmonds. I, I think they'll get a similar number of touches. Right. And at that point, it's a question of who's going to be more productive. And I still touches. think, and people I think are... Edmonds has the higher floor. I think Moss has the higher ceiling. In PPR, I think Edmonds would see the better touches compared I, to Zach Moss. I agree. I agree. The only thing with Zach Moss, I think Zach Moss sees quite a few more touchdowns than Edmonds. Okay. And that's, which and is, yes. And that makes sense. Which is where I think the, you know, because Edmonds, I mean, he might not put up more than five touchdowns this season, all in all. And I could like, I think that's a legitimate case that you, you see him put up somewhere between four and six touchdowns, right? I think that if I were making a projection, that's where I would project his touchdown numbers, which is concerning. But, you know, receptions and overall touches can make up for that if you're looking, drafting him at an RB3 spot. Like, that's amazing. Would you rather have, I didn't, I didn't hear you say this, Melvin Gordon or, or Chase Edmonds? It's Chase Edmonds. Edmonds. It's, okay. it's, not, it's not close. I have Gordon. I, I mean, I just keep moving Gordon, like, slower and slower down my list, right? I've got him at RB29, you know, whereas I've got, I've got Javonta Williams at RB37 right now, though I think he'll move up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I really think it's going to be, and it has been a, a situation of like, as we keep hearing reports, like Melvin Gordon, like 
that until they're like right next to each I, other and then i'm not gonna know who to take i have javante williams at running back 28 okay and melvin gordon at 37 oh so wow we are, so we i think we maybe we even out at some yeah point. We'll, yeah we'll cross, we'll cross paths with each other i can understand i can understand that williams obviously you're you're swinging for upside there you know i just think and i'm all about swinging for upside i love that you know you don't win a fantasy championship playing it safe I just, I'm still in the, the camp of Melvin Gordon is the experienced guy. Javante Williams is not only a rookie, but a very young rookie, one of the youngest ones in the league, right? I don't even know if he'll be 21 by the time the season starts. And so, you know, I'm, I'm still in the camp. Melvin Gordon's going to get the majority of touches because of that, but I'm slowly moving away from that camp. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I'll need to start hearing some good Melvin Gordon stuff, you know, before I even think about taking him anywhere in the draft. One guy that we thought was going to be moving away, and we're gonna we're gonna spend the rest of the time on this is Aaron Rodgers, but he is back. He is back in the building. He's back in business with the Green Bay Packers, at least for this season. They held a giant uh, press cut. Seems like it was giant with the amount of coverage it was getting, but uh, interviews and and everything going on after their first training camp session today with Rodgers and Adams and a lot of those guys. And Rodgers was unfiltered, and he was going off on the entire situation. One of the big things that was able to bring Rodgers back, and this is what we're going to start with, is the return of Randall Cobb to Green Bay. I put out a tweet yesterday that said I would rather draft Randall Cobb than T.Y. Hilton. I saw that. Draft leagues. I saw that, and I can get behind it, although I don't like either of them. I, I still don't like Randall Cobb. He's he's made it into my top eighty now, though. <laughs> That's great to hear. Listen, he's thirty-one. He's dealt with injuries almost gosh, at least the last four seasons, he's had some type of injury that's kept him off the field. I have the stats up here. I think the last very fantasy relevant season that he had was 2012, 2016, nope, not even 16, sorry, 2014, 2015, he was the wide receiver 26 in PPR. And then from then on 2016, he, he had some fantasy relevant games, but it's injuries 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 every single season with Randall Cobb obviously he went to the Dallas Cowboys for two years and then he signed on with the Houston Texans and now he's back with the Green Bay Packers and while I don't think he's going to be extremely fantasy valuable to your team he'll be nothing close to what he was in 2014 when he finished as a top 15 wide receiver with the Packers. I remember that year Jordy Nelson was way up there yeah that was a fun team to watch and definitely a fun offense but he's nowhere close to that anymore, but he still is a guy, you know, we, he we is a guy. At, That's correct. He, he's a guy. Uh, as far as we know, we, yeah, look to our knowledge. Pack, as, as look at, as we look at the Packers offense, obviously there is a reason that Rogers wanted to bring him back. They wanted to run back something here with this team. He, I think he's had enough of MVS. Everyone keeps saying Marcus Valdez Scantling, you know, is still there. Butterfingers. Seriously. The amount of fingers McGee. Yeah, I, I really do think that Randall Cobb is going to make his way into this starting, you know, lineup for the Packers. He's going. Yeah. He's going. To oh, be absolutely. To start, you know, you'll have he'll be the, he'll be the guy in the slot. Yeah, you'll and have. The next Cobb. question is: Is it going to be MVS or Amari Rodgers in that second on in that Z spot? Is, it, is the Z on the outside? No, Y, X, and Y are outside Z slot on in that I, Y spot. I was going to say Lazard. That's a, that. That's the wide receiver room right now. Is you still have Devontae that's Adams, obviously. You have Alan Lazard. You now have Randall Cobb in the mix, Amari Rodgers, and MVS. The thing is, Lazard is also more of a slot guy. Too. I know. 
And so that's that's the question. Will Lazard transition to an outside guy or are they going to stick with MVS? Who does a good job of getting open downfield? He's great at getting open downfield. Just can't catch the dang ball. And then, or are they going to go with the new guy in Amari Rodgers? That's going to be the, the competition to see, you know, and, and I'm not even going to say that that guy's going to be the wide receiver three on the team because I, I, I don't know. I don't think Randall Cobb is a bona fide wide receiver two in this offense or in any offense at this stage in his career, but he will be the guy in the slot. You'll have Devonta Adams, obviously in that X receiver spot. And then that those three are going to battle out for that Y spot. If anyone were to bring him back, though, it would be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Rodgers wanted him here. So that says so much as to how much he values Cobb in this offense. Yep. Um, I, I think we're going to see weeks where I'm going to have Randall Cobb ranked inside my top 30 wide receivers. I wow. do. I do. Uh, Devontae Adams is a whole nother situation. Uh, not only today did he have an injury scare. He caught a touchdown, got up slowly, was able to walk off under his own power, but was checked out by the medical professionals on the side. He talked to the to the media as well after practice ended and said that he he's remained steadfast. He wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. He said, sure. I mean, he deserved it. What and what else? Is he Why is that a question? He, he right? was the best receiver in the league last year. He was period. No, there's no no argument. You can't make an argument for Stephon Diggs. You can't make an argument for Tyreek Hill. You cannot make an argument for DeAndre Hopkins. Devonta Adams was far and away the best receiver in the league last year. Not and it wasn't from close. a fantasy standpoint, just from a, a, a real life, looking at the field, fo- watching football game standpoint, it was Devontae Adams. And the Aaron Rodgers was-, was the MVP with a wide receiver room that consisted of Devontae Adams and nobody else. Exactly. And the Packers, you know, they, they fail to, to, to acknowledge that. And uh, they don't want to make him the highest paid wide receiver. And one of the questions the media asked Adams was, will you take a pay cut? if it meant Aaron Rodgers would stay here for, you know, at least another year or, or two years or whatever it was. And he said, no, it was very blunt. It was no, it was, I, I reiterated it again. I deserve to be paid as the highest paid. I, I deserve to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league. And, and I does. think he's going to stick by, stick by that. And I mean, does that as, as much as we love Aaron Rodgers being back and Devonte Adams, you know, reporting to camp as well, does that, plant a little seed in your mind that Devonte Adams, if he doesn't have a guaranteed contract following the 2021 season that he could sit out under his own power, or if he gets nicked up a little bit, maybe he takes his time getting back from the injury because he doesn't want to risk anything. Is, going he, a, free agency. is he a free agent after this season? Yes. Okay. So this is what's going to happen. If that were to be the case, Aaron Rodgers also now is a free agent after this season Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams are going to go somewhere where, together, where they can Rogers both be free agent after the season. With with part, I believe part of the reason he came back, there was some contract restructuring that will make him a okay. free agent after this season. And so, no, what's going to happen is Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams are going to go somewhere where they can both be paid like they should, because there are teams out there who can pay Devonta Adams the money he wants and Aaron Rodgers the money he wants, and they'd immediately be significantly better. So do you think at all then, are you saying that you believe Adams will then just play out the entirety of the season, nothing will happen, still drafting him as a top five wide receiver? Yep. I'm keeping my eye on the situation. I'm not fully trusting anything right now. Maybe, maybe, but I think think Devontae Adams, I don't think Devontae Adams sits out the season because I think Aaron Rodgers needs him too much. And I think that Aaron... I don't know, but like what happens if Devonta Adams does sit out the season to Rogers? Does will Rogers then decide to sit out the season? Like, 
I, I really think there's a lot of communication between those two on what they want to do and what their futures hold. And that's why I don't think either of them will sit out the season because I, I think they both want to play together, you know, and I think next year they're both going to end up in the same place. I really do. You know, like whether that's the Jets who I believe have a ton of cap space, right. Have a ton mm -hmm. of money, you know, mm -hmm. any, any team that has a ton of money will jump on the chance to get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I don't care what their unless their quarterback is Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, or unless Zach Wilson is like a top five quarterback this year. Like, you know, no team says no. Yeah. No team says no. No team with the, with the kind of money to do it says no. Let's uh, let's talk about one thing that would benefit me because I need your expert opinion here. Fantasy analyst, Lucas Parrish right now, Robert Tanyan, is a free agent in one of the leagues that I drafted in. He oh. currently has an ADP as the tight end 18, according to fantasy pros across all formats, which really? I think is, which I think is low. That's I, low. And I'm not even low. like a, I'm not even a, 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 a Robert Tanyan, like Stan, you know, I'm not like a, like Jack, I have him as my tight end 16. So yeah, tight end 18 is low. Where do you, it's, it's difficult to, Decide because I'm looking at my roster right now, and I currently have Troutman and I have Kyle Pitts. I've got them both higher. I know, but if I were to tell you that my I, I you know this is the team I lost Cam Akers on, so I'm, it's struggling a little bit with depth and everything. Would you feel comfortable trading Kyle Pitts for a wide receiver two or running back two, and going into the season with Tanyan and Troutman as your two tight ends? yes like i i don't for some reason mm. that uh, that's tanyan, that, tanyan that's drafted tanyan was drafted in the 12th round right yeah like he was drafted with decent draft capital and then believe it or not he was dropped for evan ingram don't i couldn't tell you what yeah right uh, that's the exact face that i saw it made when i saw that that happened there he is 90 percent owned 90 percent rostered but sitting on my waiver wire right now, right ahead of Rob Gronkowski, who I dropped. That's tough game. because yes, Aaron Rodgers is back. And so Tanyan maintains value, but what kind of value? Because if he, if Aaron Rodgers isn't throwing the ball 40 times in the end zone again, like he did last year, then Tanyan's not going to get the touchdowns that he needs. And can we really yeah, sit here and predict that Aaron Rodgers is going to do that again? Yeah. Because I, that's, you think so? Honest, I think he will. And then I, if I you have, think that, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be willing to trade Kyle Pitts and Robert Tanya. I don't, I, I'm not as convinced that there's going to be as much touchdowns, as many touchdowns to go around in that offense this year, which is why I'm a little bit more hesitant on Tanya. But if you think that Tanya can repeat a double digit touchdown season, there should be no doubt in your mind that you should trade Kyle Pitts and go into the season with Troutman and Tanya. Isn't it crazy though, that in the 16 games that he played, he only started eight of them and he finished as the tight end three. And, yeah. it's, and that just shows you how much touchdowns can skew the tight end position. Yeah. And I'll say tight end three with like an asterisk because asterisk. there were, there were four tight ends who finished with like 176 point something points. So he was somewhere between four or three and six, but yeah, you're, that's still top, top half tight end one. Like that's still a good season. That's, I also, and I drafted, I have Rogers on this team. So I think it'd be a, a nice little stack if, you know, once in a while, if Troutman's not working out, I throw Tanyan in there. If Aaron Rodgers throws two touchdowns to Tanyan in a game, I could win a week. Yeah. Like that's well, a, what's that's your, 
what are what's the rest of your team looking like before so, I give you the advice to do this? So this is the team with Rodgers and Joe Burrow as my starting quarterbacks. Got it. Uh, wide receivers: Tyree Kill, C.D. Lamb, Robbie Anderson starting. Okay. Running backs: DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne. Okay. Tight end is Kyle Pitts. That's another reason why I kind of want to trade Pitts is because I don't know how much I can put full faith into two rookies in my starting lineup going to that's, the season. That's tough, yeah. Uh, flex right now is Melvin Gordon. Yuck, I really don't like that. Even though he's my RB3, you know, it's still, like, so blah. Like, I could totally see myself pairing Gordon and Pitts for a nice package in return for a team that needs a tight end. Yeah, here's, here's what you do. You, you don't need to trade him for a wide receiver, too. But if you can get an RB2 off of somebody for him, then, then I think you do it. Like if you can go to the Montgomery owner, if they need a, a tight end or the Miles Gaskin owner or, or whatever, like if you can go to one of those guys and they need a tight end and you can work out a deal that sends, you know, hits Melvin Gordon for that running back, even if it's those two for the RB2, like that's so worth it. Melvin Gordon at this point is a throw in. I don't, I don't care about him at all. What's um, funny is that the uh, Miles Gaskin owner is the David Montgomery owner Oh, is the Darren Waller owner. So there is no chance that's happening. Unfortunately, that's rough. That's rough. Um, but, but Mike Davis, too, you know, right. like you get some kind of trade going for one of those guys with Kyle Pitts. Absolutely. You take it and then you pick up you pick up Tanya. And would you drop because I, I told you my quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow. Would yep. you drop then my third quarterback, Trey Lance, but I was just holding on to yeah. to secure Tanyan right now? Because yep. also other quarterbacks on the waiver wire, Carson Wentz is still here. Oh, if yeah. I really did need a three a third quarterback, Derek Carr is here. Tua's yeah. here. Yeah, of um, there are going to be quarterbacks available that are solid. So yeah, no, I absolutely have solid ones already. Absolutely, drop him. I also don't think even if Trey Lance starts, which he won't be the week one starter. Nope he's not going to be that good. He's coming from FCS football. Like I love Trey Lance. I think he's got an extremely high ceiling, but you know what? His floor is not wonderful. And he's definitely not prepared to be an NFL quarterback right now. Exactly. All right. That's good to us here on the fantasy football laboratory. Hopefully Jack's enjoying his time in Disney and not working too hard. Maybe he's hardly working and he's going on a few rides. Well, we'll have to so. ask him. I'll have to ask him next time he's on the podcast with both of us, but be sure to follow us on Twitter and on TikTok, just hit 10,000 followers. Go over there. Way to go, F- Shane. That's that's huge. Thank no, you. that that's that's a big number right there. 10K, is that impressive? That is. is that that's impressive? extremely that's extremely impressive to me. 10K, I love it, man. That's that's the number. I mean, I, I really think like 9,999 to 10K when you get the K, like the that's 10. when you made it. It's the K oh. that in my mind, if I click on a profile and I don't see that K, they didn't make it. If I see that K, they've made it. Mama, we made it. That's made it. it. Fantasy Football Laboratory out here again at FF Laboratory. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and check us out. FFLaboratory.com. Got weekly articles starting to go up now almost every single day with updates and changes to our rankings, to the breakouts, the bus, everything that you need is all in one place. FFLaboratory.com. For the chemists, Jack McGrath, Spitfire Lucas Parrish. I am the King of Trade, Shane Palma. Have a great day.